All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Heavy Checklist Podcast. This week is a very important week because it is the first week of a brand new year. We are in 2019. Hope you all had amazing holiday break, Christmas, New Year's. I know that it was phenomenal for all of us because really it's one of the only times that we get each year to really, really step back, break away, and enjoy life with our family because obviously we have very crazy schedules and uh, you know the holidays are a great opportunity to be able to step back and just kind of enjoy some time away, unplug a little bit, which really is a very, very important thing to do, especially when you operate on a high level. So this week's podcast, I'm pretty stoked about. And the reason why is because we actually have a guest here who shouldn't even really be considered a guest. He's more of a in-house expert in-house uh, lives in the basement he lives in the basement and if you recognize that voice you know that that is mr redbeard himself so redbeard aka josh stewart is one of our partners here in the business he actually uh he's kind of been one of those partners behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize is a full-blown full-fledged operations partner here with diesel dave and i at diesel sellers diesel power gear diesel brothers tv show everything that we do so the reason why i wanted to have redbeard on a He's one of my partners, and he's a phenomenal dude, and he's uh, he's just a all around great source of knowledge, information, and B. The dude grew up on an Indian reservation in the middle of kind of like central eastern Utah, right? Yeah, is you in a basin? Yeah, heard of that. So he uh, he's got some amazing life experiences. Uh, everything from uh, what I feel like makes him qualified to talk here is he has started ran, sold uh, numerous businesses. He's been a part of this business as we've grown from literally nothing to where we are today. Uh, He is a personality on our TV show, Diesel Brothers. And like I said, just an all around, very, very interesting guy. And he's got some amazing insight that I think all of you are really, really going to enjoy. Outside of Redbeard, we've got our usual crew. We've got DJ, right? The DJ Marcus. DJ. How many episodes is it going to be before we can <laughs> cut that out? <laughs> yep. Big so, Marcus Wing. Is that what we're you, doing? Kenny. That's what we're doing, right? I, I dubbed my name. I dubbed myself that name on Instagram. Yes, that's right. Big, so I feel like we're BM. starting this like uh, if you've ever listened to BMW. Uh, Big Marcus Wing. There you go. Oh like no. But the, the problem about this is when Andy Frizzella starts a podcast, they also talk about Von Kohler, who's his co-host, and they call him DJ DJ God. So I feel like we're like <laughs> we're like copying him. But that guy want to fight because you're an actual DJ, and I don't know if Von so was an actual DJ. And I feel like yeah, we should probably line up a fight. Set now I've up. seen Vaughn and I've seen you in person. Uh, I don't think this could be necessarily a fair fight. However, Vaughn was a pastor, and uh, they call him the pastor of disaster sometimes. So there is a you know he might have a couple tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. David and Goliath, kind of a uh, scenario, and he is—he's a no, very—he's uh, a very don't religious go into person. David and Goliath, because I'm—I'm Goliath, and I'm not going to get struck in the head with a stone. Uh, we're not going to make any promises yeah. outside of Mister. That's DJ, exactly what Goliath would say. DJ, DJ BMW, how about that? DJ yes. BMW, yes, yes. Outside of DJ BMW, we have Mister. Kenny Thompson, lifelong childhood friend of mine who also happens to be a massive real estate guru and not just like a mogul. Yeah, he's a mogul. He really, I I dare say mogul. He's not one of those guys who's like, hey, I'll sell you a rental property and (laughs) and get you upside down in some bad investment. He's a legitimate, like goes out and buys. How many homes a year do you buy? We can't disclose exact numbers, but. A few hundred. A few hundred homes a year that you either flip, you rent, you wholesale, any, any way you can make money on them, you make money. Yeah, more focused on the uh, rental income at this point and really enjoy that, the passive income. I feel like that needs to be a podcast that we have soon talking about 
uh, income producing assets. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. Outside of that, we've got, obviously you guys know the name needs no introduction, Mr. Monster truck voice himself. I don't know why I thought of that. That's just, he does a really great monster truck voice. Diesel Dave! Oh my gosh. <laughs> and now you know why I call him Mr. Monster truck voice, Mr. Diesel Dave over in the corner. We've got uh, Hans, my lovely Hans, assistant. Come jump over here, man. You can get on this if microphone. Really he doesn't have a microphone him, or he's, headphones. He's Say wearing a lead hosen right now. <laughs> What's up, guys? There's Hans. I don't know why you had yes. a weird accent. That was a weird accent that you did. I'm going to do it again. Is he feeling comfortable <laughs> on the microphone? Completely normal. I feel like he's, he's getting it. I just it. always sound like I'm sick. No, you sound wonderful. He's actually, uh, his name is Hans. Well, I'm Hans. It's nice spelled to meet you. H-A-N-S. So Europeans all probably think it's Hans. I feel like it should be Hans. He goes by Hans because he's from Idaho. And uh, maybe that's just how they spell it up there. It's Hans with no D. It's, it's Hans. Hans with no D. So it's just like Hans. Yeah, that does sound bad. <laughs> it's with, Hans no with no D. D. Yeah. <laughs> That's your new nickname. He's been looking for a nickname, and that might be it. What up, hands with no D? <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. We're going to put that one in the hat for sure. Yeah, I hope that stick. You're listening to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. It takes an army to produce this podcast and to put out the information that we do, guys. And we sincerely thank you for listening. Uh, we've had a couple of really cool podcasts, especially the ones that we did uh, last week with Greg Godfrey that ended up being such a cool experience and cool conversation that we ended up splitting into two different parts. So I strongly suggest, if you got the time, go listen to the full episode that we did with Greg. If you don't have two hours and 30 minutes, go listen to the 30-minute clip that we pulled out of that because, guys, I'm telling you right now, it was powerful. Okay, so as you know, the name of this podcast is The Heavy Checklist, and the reason we call it that is because we give you marching orders every single week, items that you can take, implement in your life, and start feeling better, doing better, and performing higher, not in a year from now, not in two years from now, but tomorrow, the next day, next week, and next month. That is the purpose of this, and I got to tell you, it's caught on. We got a lot of listeners. We uh, moved up the charts really quickly. And that's all thanks to you guys. So as we move forward in the next few weeks, we're going to continue to give you guys opportunities to share with us things that you have learned from the podcast, but more importantly, how you have implemented the checklist in your own personal life, which is what I want to get into right now. As I go around the table, I want to talk to my friends. Diesel Dave, especially, is somebody who he may not say much. <clears throat> Diesel Dave is somebody who may not say a ton during the podcast. I mean, he definitely has his two cents here and there, but... The cool thing about this guy is he goes home and he actually does almost every single thing that we talk about on these lists. Dave, how has that affected your life? It's affected my bed because it's made every morning now. It's how has that affected your relationship with your wife? Oh, she she just loves it. You know, she doesn't have she's got one less thing she has to do during the but day. But for real, does she honestly appreciate it? I don't know if she notices. It is, you, is your relationship so good that you immediately mess up the bed? I'm not that great later? at making the bed, so you can I don't know if it edit looks that good. Out. <laughs> no, that's definitely nice. making it in. Like hey, you it. know what? No, that's what I love about this podcast. Redbeard, who was just speaking here, contributes some really, 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 really funny stuff to the TV show that gets cut immediately. Like, I'm just it so is, used to being edited. Yeah, they just edit the crap out of Redbeard because for some reason some of his stuff is more HBO friendly than it is Discovery friendly. But guess what? We are not going to edit Redbeard very much. You promise? <laughs> <laughs> just, just a heads up. He's serious. 
I thought they would have cut other things, uh, but then they just let it fly. We yeah, cut okay. nothing. So I've so been more careful. Okay. <laughs> we, we are gonna we are gonna let Redbeard speak as much of his mind as possible. And we'll see if I get invited back, everybody. <laughs> Do not be careful. Do not be careful. I, I promise you, you are gonna love to hear what he has to say because the guy has some very. I'm just telling you, every single situation that I view one way. Redbeard has a completely different way of viewing it, and it is very interesting. So with that said, you know, going around the table, um, what other things have you guys implemented? Marcus, I see you have a notebook this week. Uh, yeah, no, I've, this is a notebook I've carried around for a couple of years. I actually started a new one, but uh, I stopped drinking soda, and I've been drinking almost a gallon of water every day. Have you really? Truth. You quit drinking soda? Attaboy. Yeah, I'm drinking a, a Rockstar right now, but I don't think is <laughs> it's not uh, carbonated. carbonated. I did that on And that's... I'm doing it because I got a massive headache. Right, you're getting the caffeine for the headache. You really cut out soda, though? Completely. How long has that Good been? I, I mean, I'm okay, so okay, wait. So we, we started, we made that whole deal, and then I went straight to Del Taco, and I got a soda. And then right. I got a soda the day after. And then since then, I've been 100% Thanks clean. for your honesty. Yeah. yeah he that's been like three off. weeks. Yeah, no, for real. You feel better? I've lost five pounds. Have you really? That's actually yeah. pretty cool. So that is one thing. Tell. Obviously, guys, Thank we you. want you to be able to do this stuff that we're talking about. You know, that was part of an episode where we talked about implement at least one big diet change. Marcus went and he cut out soda. And I know that's a big deal for you because I've been with you a lot on road trips and different things like that. And you are a man who was on the road a lot. All and sometimes soda is just the easy option, right? Well, and I love Dr. Pepper. That's true. Who doesn't? No. Right? Yeah. yeah. 23 delicious flavors. Yeah. He didn't become a doctor by putting out terrible stuff. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yep. Good point. <laughs> All right. So uh, Redbeard, I've been talking to him a little bit about the podcast, how it works. Um, here's the beautiful part of Redbeard. This guy, like I said, he has he has an amazing ability to view situations differently than most people I've ever met, and it's he's able to kind of like give me perspective on certain scenarios and different you know things that I'm looking at doing. Like, really, I can't get anywhere else. So his insight is invaluable. And Aww. for those of you listening, invaluable is a good thing. It means you can't even put a value on it. All right? I had to explain that to myself because when I first said it, it yeah, sounded invaluable. Like, yeah, it's invaluable. I, I had no to make value. sure. I said, it's there, similar to priceless. Good chance it might not be the right yeah. word. But um, so, Redbeard, first off, how did you get involved with this? Because you're not necessarily a truck guy. No. Um, I'm actually, when I got involved, I would say I was the opposite of a truck guy. Yeah. Because I grew up on the Indian Reservation, which was pretty segregated between cowboys, Indians, and then about five of us who were skaters. (laughs) So uh, we just were constantly getting our ass kicked by everybody. And a lot of them drove big trucks. So I wasn't a fan at first, but um, I have since uh, changed my mind about trucks. Uh, But the way I got involved was... Uh, I had just uh, got done uh, selling a business, pest control business, kind of cashed out, had some time, had some money, and I was kind of looking for something else to parlay my skills into. And a, a mutual friend of mine who knew Diesel Dave, Heavy D, um, was telling me about this Dave Sparks guy and this business that they started, and they kind of needed help with uh, – little bit of start well not startup because it kind of already was a little bit started there um still very early stages but need some capital and also it was getting big enough that needed some help kind of organization and uh some business so here's the beauty of the podcast like i said we don't have to necessarily 
beat around the bush. I'm not going to give exact details or specifics or name names, but this individual that introduced uh, Redbeard to us is somebody that uh, was around in the earlier days of the business, and he was somebody that uh, came to me when I when I you know me and Diesel Dave originally had the idea, and he started to want to be heavily involved, and so we let him get involved on an employee level. And that soon became something where he needed more, wanted more. And I said, look, I'm not looking for any partners. I don't want a partner. I don't want, you know, I don't want to give equity to anybody because I've had bad experiences with that in the past. So here's how it works. If you want to be a part of this, I will give you, I will let you make as much money as you possibly want to be make, but I don't, what I said to him is I will let you make as much money as you possibly want to make as an employee, but I don't want to give up any equity because I'm just not a good partner. I don't want to deal with that. So that was my disclaimer to the guy in the very beginning. With that said, he went out and, you know, um, he was really good at getting people on board with the vision, right? Yeah. So he was, he, he was went amazing out and, at it. So he sold me on the vision and basically. I think he brought you on because he wanted to get some money from you. Yeah. That was the original, like, needed some money. And so I basically told him, look, I'm not, I don't want, like, a, I don't want to be an employee. I told him basically the opposite of what Dave told him. Like, <laughs> I, if I'm going to do this, I need to be all in because I'm just all or nothing. Can't. And the problem is you told me the same thing that he had been telling me. So now at this point, we're in the early days of the business. Really, the only guys that were kind of on paper at this time were myself and Diesel Dave. Yep. And Diesel Dave wasn't really even on paper because there was no paper to be on. We were just kind of like started and, and we, we were didn't have so a, advanced. We were just paperless. We were That's paperless back in progressive. We were, it's like when they ask if you want to go paperless billing. Oh yeah. Like all emails. Yeah. That's how we went. Yeah. Um, but no, it was very, it was to me, it was, it was intentional because I did not want to put together any sort of like operating or partnership agreement when I didn't want partners. Yeah. So, and one of the best things I ever did, and this is something uh, that I tell a lot of people that are looking, uh, to, I mean, just for some advice or anything, I basically told Dave, uh, I will work for free for nine months. Well, actually, I told him six months, so, but it ended up being nine. That's what I have on my list here. It's, it's, I literally, the intro to the, to the Redbeard is he's one of the lesser known partners here just because, you know, he's not me or Diesel Dave who are on the TV show, you know, more than pretty much anybody. And then number two is sweat equity. Redbeard is all about sweat equity, but not just the type of sweat equity that you think about when people are like, oh, yeah, I'll come in, put in a little bit of, you know, work in your business to try to get a chunk of it. No, this dude legitimately, sweat equity to you was like, not only will you come in and give your time and energy, but you are also putting your own credit, your own money. Oh, yeah, I was, like I told you, it's all or nothing. Like, I can't, yeah, it's just all or nothing. Didn't make sense to do otherwise. And I told Dave, I will work for six months for free because I've had partners before. I understand how that works. Sometimes you may be totally qualified, but if you don't click, you don't click. And there, that's you can't just run a business if you don't click. So I said, at the end of the six months, you can. we just need to make a decision. Either I'm on or not, and you don't even have to give me a reason. You maybe just don't like the cut of my jib. I don't know. I don't but, know what that means, but I, yeah. I don't know pirates say it, so I mean, I don't know. It's got <laughs> to mean something. It's got to mean something. We're jib-free around cut here. Out your okay. But, no, it, but anyway. It, like that is a, that's an important point that I think we should probably hammer out right now is partnerships aren't always necessary. And no. th- when you get together with a buddy and you have a good idea and you all of a sudden like, hey, we should go into business together. And because we're buddies, yeah. we'll get along. And that's, that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. But think twice. Think three. three think Most of the time it doesn't times. work out. Well, Nine times the, out of ten it doesn't work. Here's the thing. Yeah. You add money into anything and people get really weird. Like I've seen lifelong friendships uh, destroyed be- over like 500 bucks, 1,000 well, bucks. Like, I mean, over nothing. I always say that in a business, you never have any problems, like literally no problems, 
until you start making money. Yeah. That's when problems, it's like more money, more problems, right? Like, yeah, Jay-Z knew what he was talking about. I'm oh, pretty man. sure that was P. Diddy. Yeah, it was P. Diddy. Well, Jay-Z has more money. So. <laughs> That's true. And G- Jay-Z, <laughs> and he doesn't have any problems, or does he have problems? I'm sure he does. He's probably but a bitch, a bitch ain't one. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's See? the thing. He's got 99 problems. Yeah, so. he, does ha- he listed. He them. must have a ton of money. Uh, no, so guys, uh, listen to that real quick, because that's important. If you if a buddy comes to you or if you guys feel like you have a great business idea and you want to go out and be partners and start a business, just really, really think about whether or not you can work with that person forever and realize that just because you're friends does not mean you're going to be able to have a successful partnership. It's actually more likely to fail simply yeah. because there's a lot of assuming that goes on. Like, yep. I assume since you're my buddy, you're not going to yeah. take advantage of me here or you're not going to get offended by this. Or you're going to hook me up. Right, exactly. And- you know the rich episode. The one thing that I learned, if if you listen to some of the other episodes, the one we did with Rich, me and Rich were partners, and we didn't really get into that, but it didn't work out. But the one thing that I walked away from and I learned was I never wanted another partner. Yep. So. Sometimes you learn the hard way, and sometimes you listen yeah. to the heavy checklist and realize, like, okay, they might have a point. I should probably rethink yeah. this. But and with- an- another way, or another flip side of that coin is, if you're just starting out and you feel like you have something to contribute, put in, like, offer your time. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no risk. Like, when I offered that to to Heavy D, there was zero risk. I made sure he knew I'm just going to be here. You came in unpaid. Yeah. um, Oh, yeah, unpaid. Full-time. Full-time, and I was just going to chalk it up to education because I was learning a lot. Uh, But that's a way to get your foot in the door, make it risk-free, and you have to be prepared if they say, I'm sorry, this isn't just working out, you got to be prepared for that too and just chalk it up to education because you're going to learn a lot from that. mid 2013 that you came around? Uh, yeah, mid 2013. Mid 2013, he comes around. Uh, we become partners, or we, he, he becomes part of the business as far as like, you know, just a stellar employee who is starting to really prove himself. And he's proving himself to me. And let me tell you guys, I wasn't really going to get into this, but I feel like we should just because people should probably understand the early days of our business and some of the really shitty stuff that we went through starting the business. And uh, where I'm going with that is Redbird was brought on by this individual. Um, I'm not going to name names. I'm going to talk about it too much. not going to try to focus too much on who he is, but more I want to talk about what happened with somebody who we considered to be a really great yeah, friend. Yeah, a good friend, yeah. yeah. Um, the business starts to pick up momentum, pick up steam. We start to get more successful. Redbeard's continuing to prove himself as a, as you know, a full fledged somebody who could be a great partner because he's putting in time, he's putting in uh, energy, he's putting in actual talent, things that the business needed as far as like bookkeeping and like financial insight stuff that. Diesel Dave and I aren't phenomenal at. Like, we've never taken the time. I'm great at it. Well, <laughs> I've seen your checkbook. It's well yeah, balanced. Well balanced. Thank you. He's written. Do you have a checkbook? Of course I do. <laughs> do you have a you the don't book? Have. I check it often. Yes. <laughs> pretty sure Diesel Dave does not have a checkbook, but he does have stock in Disney. Do you guys know that? Oh, really? Well, just tell the whole world. Yeah, well, everybody knows now. <laughs> now his stock's yeah. going to, well, it's going to go up. Everybody's going to want to buy some. Your grandpa right. gave it to you? Grandpa Kylie got me all set up. I, I remember when he lived in my basement, we got a check one day from Disney, or a letter in the mail to Dave from Disney, and I'm like, Walt. what is this? So, of course, being the good friend I am, I opened it. Oh, yeah, like you should. And you it was, it was, it was a stocked like, payout for Dave from the Disney. the only way I was making any money to pay rent at this place. It was amazing. <laughs> anyway, so that, that was about the uh, extent of Diesel Dave and I's financial understanding and knowledge. Just never had formal training on it, never you know went to QuickBooks school or anything like that. Just so getting money from Disney, that's what, you it's, know, it's a ticket. It's actually the American dream right there, yeah. just getting checks yeah, from Disney. So yeah. um, 
Redbeard obviously came in and was being, you know, proving himself more and more every single day. And he was not asking for anything. Wasn't coming to me asking for a paycheck and wasn't coming to me saying, I need ownership. I need ownership. Whereas this other individual at the time continued to say every single day to me behind closed doors, give me ownership. I want ownership. Come on, come on. And I'd say, no, 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 no. It's no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going down that road. But then he would go out and tell other people like, I'm the owner of this business. I'm this, that, I'm that. So it started to create a little bit of a confusion with our business and uh, finally came to a head um, early part of 2014 when this individual kind of tried to start a little bit of a mutiny with the business. He pulled a he, Jerry Maguire. He pulled a Jerry Maguire. He went to guys like you because he was yeah, your buddy was, and he, he brought really you in friend, yeah. and he went to a bunch of other people, employees that worked for us and said, I am breaking away and I'm doing my own thing. And I'm, he, he basically kind of said, I'm taking Dave's business, which I, I don't know how that works. It's really hard to take a business. It's, like, it's hard to take somebody's business, especially take a business from me because I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, hothead when it comes to somebody taking something away from me. So I wasn't having it. So what happened is basically he came in and gave kind of everybody an ultimatum and said, come with me or go with Dave. But his idea of going with him didn't really add up, especially to a guy like me, because I'm thinking, well, what are you going away well, yeah, with? Make you don't any sense. have anything. Like you don't own the business. You don't have any equity. You don't have yeah. anything to take. But he had led so many people to believe that he actually was a part of it and that he was going to break off and take his part of the business, which he actually didn't own. So this is where you made like a very, man, this was a pivotal decision oh, in your yeah. life, right? What yeah. Happened? Cause I, at this point I had had very few conversations with you. I was only getting, uh, as, uh, my friend's side of the story. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, I always try to, I realize there's always two parts to every story and usually it's something in the middle. And, it just wasn't adding up some of the things that he was telling me. And, and as I was getting more involved in the business, I could actually verify a lot of this. And then it came to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going, come with me. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know you very well at all. And well, he but came I, in, he came in and started kind of doing this mutiny and I acted very quickly because I was quite yeah, upset. But I, I did know that it wasn't adding up. Right. And so I said, look, man, I'm sorry, but uh, it's. I don't think you're on the right side here. Even though you and I didn't know each other, and really, even the time that you'd spent working with us, we didn't have a, we didn't have a really like strong relationship. Yeah. It wasn't bad by any means. No. We just we had no background yeah. together. I had I I was busy doing my thing, and I kind of let you do certain parts of the business, and we just really never got to the point where we knew each other that well. But when this all kind of happened, this is what I like about you. You're a very practical person and yeah. you looked at the facts and you said I'm so, yeah, the like, facts don't add up like we're friends but I'm sorry you're wrong right exactly just and because you're my friend doesn't mean I'm going to yeah, take your side exactly and so and that uh, instantly ended our friendship on by his choice which then turned into a four year lawsuit guys um, this individual got pretty upset went out and uh, basically sued us saying that he was the original the owner of the business and has thrown every Hail Mary and every attack in the book to try to basically take over. And um, time after time after time, the judge has thrown all these yeah. Which on the plus out. side of that, I feel like I got a pretty decent law degree out of this. Exactly. Learning how, to, how the legal system works. But. School of hard knocks, big yeah. time on that one. But guys, this is a pretty sensitive subject because – um, we were all pretty close friends, especially, you know, even with this individual at the time. And you hate to see friendships kind of dissolve or fall apart because of business. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that it happens and it happens before you can even 
you know, control it. As soon as there's a little bit of success or as soon as there's some sort of like disagreement, uh, it's really hard to get back on track with something like that. And, you know, I don't hate and I don't love this person. I just kind of, like I've told you in the past, I'm a little apathetic towards it. I just, it's better to me if it just doesn't even exist. But it's sad because at one point we were really close and we were good friends. Well, haters, uh, basically the people that hate you, they can only win if you hate them back. Right. Are we going to go toilet paper his house after this? <laughs> you know what, dude? Honestly, <laughs> I, I got 24 just, rolls in the van well, right now. The problem is nobody really knows where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> what well, kind of? There's so Rio much Grand to this story that, that, we're, that we can't tell we you can't guys. We can't really get into this. But, I mean, the, the guy kind of copied our business model in a lot of different ways and did things that just shouldn't have been done. And we all made mistakes along the way. But ultimately, guys, it turned into a legal battle against you know somebody that we were very so close to. So be careful with, uh, I mean, yeah. So I guess point being... Just because you're friends with somebody doesn't necessarily mean you'll make good business. Can I can I ask a question then? Because you know, I obviously I obviously said I would never have a partnership ever again with my experience. Mm-hmm. But there's three partners sitting around the table now. How do you guys make your partnership work? So that was that's kind of where we ended up after you know we we parted ways. This individual, the business had to keep going, had to keep on growing, and we were growing at like this rapid pace. And both of these guys were basically by my side without any sort of agreement. Dave was always going to be on the paperwork because he was there from day one and he always knew that, but he never came to me and said, give me a freaking operating agreement. Give me, give me an equity you know, certificate. Give me a, he, he just, he just knew that. Do I have any of those things right now? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you do. It's all it's, in the cloud. Yeah. It's in the cloud. Yeah, I mean, cloud based. No one knows how the cloud works. It's <laughs> no, but I mean, Disney check. Diesel Dave just kind of, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong way to do it, but he trusted me and I had his back and, and we had an understanding all along because we just, we operate on a different wavelength, Dave and I together. Um, but Redbeard obviously had no protection. Yeah, no, I mean, zero. You came in and, and in fact, it got to the point where you were putting like your own credit card on some oh, of dude, the Oh, dude, there company. was one point where I had my house completely like leveraged to the, leverage hilt. To the hilt, like all sorts of, I had uh, uh, over a hundred grand in credit card debt. And with, I was just no agreement to be a partner. However, at that point I had verbally told you like, okay, dude, you've paid your dues. Yeah. You know, after the whole lawsuit, everything you came with me and supported me in the business that I own. So with that said, I'm going to give you equity, but it still took us a while to get an operating agreement yeah, drafted just because things get happen. You yeah. get busy, you start moving. But basically what happened is they both proved themselves like so long and so hard and Redbeard sweat equity ended up paying off. But the individual who came to me from day one and said, I want equity. I want to be your partner. I never gave him equity and I never made him a partner simply because that wasn't the way to do it. Well, and so, they had to prove themselves. Well, and if you start a relationship like that, someone just asking and asking, that's just going to continue. Yeah. It's never going to end. Yep. Like you're going to get him in, and the stakes are going to be bigger and they're just going to keep wanting and wanting and wanting. You question someone's and, motives when they come out of the gates that hot. Yeah. Without willing to prove themselves or they just say, <laughs> One thing that I learned through this experience was when someone says, trust me, trust me, or, you, you, you know, honestly. Yeah. I feel like I say honestly a lot more than I should. But when somebody says that a lot, like, trust me, trust me, if, it's almost like an instant red flag. Well, I have a, a theory, and it's, uh, keep, it seems to be keep being proven. Whenever somebody says, I'm this type of person, dot, 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 you can guarantee that they're the opposite of that. Because right. they're basically – You can squeeze a knot in there. 
I'm not this kind of person. Oh yeah, yeah. or uh, I don't like this, or not. like the typical one that everybody's heard. Oh no, I I hate drama. Mm-hmm. Those people seem to surround themselves with all sorts of drama. But it seems to be like the first thing they say to you is, yeah. "I'm not into drama. I don't like drama." Or if they say, "You got to trust me." That's because, like, basically, they know that they deep down that they are that person, right. and so they they have to cultivate this uh, image. They go into defense mode right off. Yeah, the they bat. have to cultivate this image so that to to cover that up because they don't want people to see that about them. Yeah. So they out the gate say, "I'm this way" or "I'm that way." Just you know, beware. Right. Whatever it is. So yeah, it took Diesel Dave about two years, maybe two and a half years, to actually get a written agreement from me, a partnership agreement, saying. You've got equity, even though. But I was living in your house, so you know I, I felt pretty comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not something you suggest, though, right? No, 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 that's no. That's not no, something no. you're saying. The way that like, we did it is not the right way to do it. This is more of a uh, do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> <laughs> but but what the part of it was the right way to do it, and that was to prove the people right up front and prove that they're worth their while. Because I really wasn't going to give either of these guys, especially uh, Redbeard. A guy that I didn't know anything yeah, didn't about. Know each other he was just an acquaintance of somebody that I knew. I didn't want to give you a chunk of my company and then all of a sudden hope that you were going to perform. I let you perform first, and then I stood to my word and yeah. I, I gave you what I promised. And that's you. how it should be. I mean, I I knew that coming in that this wasn't my business. I didn't start it, and I think that's a problem these days where it's very easy to feel entitled. So to, that, oh. yeah, the entitlement's a big problem these days, and so I respected that that it was your baby that you created it, and if I'm trying to get involved with it, then, I mean, Dude, I got to tell you something on entitlement, and this is, this is a different scenario that I'm dealing with, but it just proves how prominent it is right now. I've got, um, we're building a house right now, and in a couple of the posts that I've done on the house, I've worked very closely with some of the contractors, and some people have given me free stuff for the house. Some people have given me discounted labor and stuff. And in return, I said, look, I'll give you some publicity. And I've given them shout outs on Instagram and, 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 you know, the, the websites and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And that was the agreement that I had with them. And it's worked really well for those people. There's other people who have worked on the house that I had no agreement with that I paid full price to, and I don't tag them because I don't have that agreement with them. I don't have any, they got their payment. Yeah, they got paid. They got full payment, but I've had a couple of posts that I put up where I've tagged the framers because they gave me a great deal and I worked with them. And then I had a concrete guy comment like, well, just look at you forgetting about the concrete guys, always forgetting about the concrete guys. Uh, that's the story of my life. And he's not even a guy that worked on my house. He's some guy out of just state. Just doing concrete? Just doing <laughs> But he commented, he's like, oh, typical, typical, forget about the concrete guys. And then all these concrete guys jumped uh, on. Like, you made yeah. a mistake and got in the middle of a framer <laughs> uh, concrete feud. It was not a good feud to be in the middle of But then I had other people that were like other tradesmen, like, yeah, why don't you tag the tile guy? Oh, just, <laughs> why don't you tag the foundation guy? The electricians. And so many people. And I had to like, I thought I was like drinking crazy drinks, like no, yeah. taking crazy pills. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, we're good. Drinks. Crazy drinks too. I there mean, they have those. I don't want a crazy drink. I felt like I was drinking one though because people were like demanding that I give them recognition on this post that they did nothing on. They, I mean, the actual contractors that had done the work got paid, and the guys that I had tagged got what I promised them, which was exposure and yeah. marketing. So it's just in this day and age, and it's not even just like the millennials, like everybody talks about, like the, this concrete guy who commented was, he was 50 years old. I looked at his profile and I'm like, who, who are you? Like, why are I you demanding? Him if you wanted to. I, I couldn't have. have. I, but he was just so mad that in general, I didn't tag oh, the concrete worker yeah. because that's his people. And he's like, 
standing up for the underdog. And it's just, like you said, it's this feeling of entitlement that people have. Like I run into this all the time on social media, especially social media marketing. Anytime I tag a company or something like that, we've worked with companies on builds on the TV show where we tag the sponsors and then there's companies that we paid full price to do something for. And they're the ones that make the most noise yeah. saying, why don't you tag me? I was part of that project. Well, because you got paid. Yeah, you got paid. Oh, it's so frustrating. Does this yeah. not just drive anybody else crazy? No, I've got guys that work for me, and it's pretty like entry level with the audio side of stuff. Obviously, they don't know anything, so most of the time they're just pushing in boxes and kind of you know learning as they go. And then they'll work for me for about a month, and then instantly they're demanding to get paid more. Yep. And I said, oh, okay, I what do you know, and what do you know now that you didn't know when you started? And they need to make no effort to learn anything. They're there just doing the minimum amount of work, but they want to get more money. I'm like, well, what do you know now that allows me to make you to pay or Where's allows me to added? pay more money? Yeah. They don't want to put in the value. They just want to oh, get paid I get, more. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with employees in our business right. wanting to get a raise. So I'll sit them down and just, okay, well, why do you think you deserve a raise? And when it basically comes down to is that they don't know how to manage their money. is because, <laughs> oh, well, I got these expenses, these expenses. Okay, well, they what? start the conversation by saying, "Well, because I've been here a month, well, it's or like, I, I move, I move your boxes." Well, so is this chair, but like, like you're just doing <laughs> your job. Yeah. Like I'm not here to promote this chair, dude. It's it's so true. So I think the biggest takeaway from this part of the conversation, guys, is if you're in a position where you're feeling underappreciated, go do something to earn the respect or the appreciation, and or if you're, add value, you add value, add, add value above your salary, but. The, to be fair, there's probably people listening to this who are stuck in an organization where they could add as much value as they want, and maybe the owner or the boss or whoever's above them may never see it. Yeah. And guess what? If that's the case, don't throw a fit, don't complain, change your situation. Yeah. Go somewhere else where you can earn where that you're, appreciation. Where you're appreciated and you're valued. Exactly. But do not you know, try the Jerry Maguire, throw everything in the air and try to march out the door before maybe getting a second opinion from somebody who knows what yeah. you do, somebody who's watched how you work, maybe a coworker, like, hey, man, am I justified in yeah. thinking that I'm doing a good job here and I'm not being recognized? Yeah, I explained to all of our employees, like, I'm fine giving raises if you raise your value that you're adding to the yeah. business. Like, I'm paying you X amount, and you're contributing that amount, so we're, we're square. If you want to get a raise, you got to kind of do what I did, you know, that whole sweat equity, put in more, right. show me that like you're valuable over what you're getting paid mm -hmm. and not just like for a week, like write it out. And the longer you do that, the more uh, weight you have with your argument. Yep. And then I will happily raise their wage to meet their contribution. Dude, I had a guy, one of my guys in the shop the other day, one of my, just the solid workers, one of the greatest guys that works for me in the shop. He came to me and he totally... Looking back now, he bamboozled me, and I didn't even know it because the way he went about it was so professional and so awesome. He came to me, and he wanted the meeting, and I said, okay, you know, let's meet. And he came to me, and he said, man, I need, I need more. I need more responsibility. I need more tasks. I need to do more. What, what more can I do for you? Like, let me go buy some trucks from the auction. Let me do this. Let me do that. And he started talking about all these different things that he wanted to be able to do for me in the business. He didn't come to me and say, give me a raise. Yeah. But guess who walked out of that meeting with a raise? Yeah. He did. So yeah. that's the way you go about trickster. it. Figure, he's a trickster, man. He got me. But dude, that is the way to go about it. Yeah. Figure out a way to create value and then make sure that you're actually creating value. Don't just assume that it's creating value and then you're going to get what you want. Yeah. Don't just like go that. assume that you deserve a raise because you've been in an organization for six months or nine months or 10 years, right? Yeah. Like it just doesn't work like that. No. Kenny? Yeah, I, I have a lot of 
amazing employees and I don't even usually call them that. I, we're like a family. We just had our, our company Christmas party and, and really enjoyed that. But, you know, I get to hear from a lot of these guys I work closely with. And the one thing I've learned over the years, I mean, I've been at this for 11 years now, uh, is that you guys are all kind of saying the exact same thing that I'm thinking. The only difference is I learned some words that I, I really implement and love and it, and it, it has created the culture in our business is alignment of interest, right? I mean, Josh is saying you got to elevate what you offer the business for the business to offer you more, right? So I, I actually set up all the different guys, whether they're sales guys, acquisitions guys, um, project managers, whatever it is, that if, if they're able to accomplish their tasks effectively, efficiently, and you know bring more value to the company, they're actually bonused for that. And so the sky is the limit That's for what these guys. About. They ultimately are driven to push harder, push harder. And then we raise the floor and then we raise the ceiling. And then they, they love what they do. They don't even call it work. But, you know, what's hard is that it doesn't trickle all the way down. This was a very hard pill for me to swallow. Is that some of the guys under the, these guys, they don't have that same mindset. Oh, like They're this. not going to put in the extra effort. And we've tried everything. I tried the whole scout approach where they almost get like a merit badge or mm-hmm. you've been around for six months. Yay. You know, and, and yeah. here's a whole, uh, thank you. We give them gift certificates. We'll give them bonuses. A lot of guys aren't incentivized that way. And it can be a culture thing and you know, different, well, different. Yeah. Motivations for people. Some money is actually not even the highest no. form of motivation. No. And, and the other thing is that I am passionate about is that all of my guys who are very specifically skilled and talented in different areas in the business, they're set up to succeed. Uh, if they need resources, I mean, meaning I'm not going to have my acquisitions guy uh, do all the data entry. I'm going to hire somebody, sit next to him, and do all the computer work, do all the data entry. And that will allow him to focus on what he does best and bring in a company, you know, the most revenue. Having an alignment of interest inside a company where everyone can thrive and drive and push, it accelerates everybody. So the problem that you're talking, well, it's not a problem, but the difference between what you're talking about, what we're talking about is that alignment of interest is up to the owner or the boss to kind of create, right? That, that yeah. That's our responsibility as owners. But for somebody who's listening, who isn't necessarily in an equity holder, or they're not even in a management position, I want to talk to them for a second because what you're saying, you started that talking about those guys that were lower on the totem pole. But the second part of the conversation is, is those that we've tried. So those that, you know, kind of as it, the guys I work closely with, as it goes down the line, the same motivational, you know, uh, whatever the carrot is, right? I mean, all companies have a carrot and a stick to some capacity. You got to be to work on time or, you know, your doctor, whatever. Right. The carrot and the stick doesn't work the same as you go down the ladder, right? So... I, to your point, I would suggest people that maybe aren't in a position where their you know, bosses or managers or whoever uh, aren't incentivizing them to try harder or do more or do better. Ask them why. Because I tell you, I think that if some of my guys were asked that, they'd say, well, we tried this for the last few years and we didn't have people who actually responded well. They didn't offer the company anything more when the company tried to offer them more. And if you ask, you'd be, probably be surprised. They would roll out something for you, I would assume. I yeah. love that. This is this is not something that I. That's what I love about you know when we have these conversations, we get into stuff that I did not expect to talk about, but it really opens my eyes to things that people need to hear. So my checklist item that I'm going to talk about, you know, at the end of this podcast, tell people to do. I'm going to explain it right now. If you are in an organization, orga, 
We have to edit that part. That sounded weird. Er, 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 organization. If you are in an organization where you have the ability to grow or make more money, all right, let's start with somebody who's working in a company where you may have direct access to the boss or the owner, and they could potentially get a little creative with your compensation plan. If you are in that position, I'm talking that's probably a company of what, 100 people or less? Maybe anything more than that becomes like a bigger, small, like, medium sized business. Yeah, small, medium sized business. If you work in one of those uh, organizations, do not go ask for a raise. Do this instead. Go to, because I know a lot of you are probably thinking, like, I'd love to get a raise. Like, a raise would be fantastic. And, you know, a lot of our employees come to us. We deal with raise conversations at least yeah. once a week. Mm-hmm. I do. I want, yeah, you do. That's, that's another reason why Redbeard is the, the man. He handles that. So I want you to instead think about a way that you can create value for your organization that you're a part of. Go to your boss or your superior or the owner, whoever it is. Tell them what your plan is. And like my mechanic that came up to me and said, how can I do more? What can I do more? Give me more responsibility. Give me more responsibility. But knowing that that responsibility is going to make that company more money because the day you make my company more money is the day I'm going to give you more money. So don't ask for a raise if you're in that position. Now, if you're in an organization where you work for a big conglomerate corporation and there's no way they're going to be able to like get creative with the compensation structure for you. Very structured. Exactly. So it's okay to go ask for a raise in that position, but go to your superior and present it differently. Rather than saying, I believe I'm worth more money, go to them and say, here's the things that I would like to do to make your life easier. Here's the things that I would like to do to potentially make my position more effective. And in doing that, I feel like I'm going to be able to really shave down the time that it takes for us to move this many pallets from this warehouse to that warehouse. And hopefully that you know justifies being able to either make more money, get a, ra- get a promotion, whatever it is. So, or they may just tell you there is no way, and then at least you know exactly. that you may need to change your situation. Yep, if and your ambitions are bigger. That's going to that. be that's going to happen more often than not yeah. to most of these people listening. If you go and ask for more responsibility or more opportunities to make money, there's a great chance that whoever you work for is just going to say, "Sorry, we don't have anything yeah. more for you to do." And that's great, but what that's going to do is that's going to immediately tell you that where you're at might not be the best fit. Maybe you should start looking for other opportunities where you can grow because a lot of you listening, I know that you're not guys that can just go out and like drop a bunch of your own money and start your own business. I know a lot of people like to do that, but the reality is starting a business is really, 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 really difficult. And actually starting a business is easy. Having your startup become successful. Well, nine out of 10 businesses fail. Right. So keep that in mind. We're not telling you not to start a business, but I think a lot of the podcasts and self-development and, you know, um, life coaching stuff out there talks to the entrepreneurs. Well, you can still be kind of an entrepreneur in your own career, even working for somebody else. Oh, yeah. Now, this day, and, this day and age, you can have a day job and you can make money on the side yep. without having to put too much into it. Like Exactly. So I, that's, that's my uh, checklist item, guys. I'll, I'll hit it again at the end of the podcast. But if you are in an organization, go find an opportunity to make more money by creating more value or more money for the company. Because the day that you figure out how to make your company more money is the day that you're either going to get a raise, a promotion, or they're going to start doing more for you. And I'll tell you this right now, the last thing you should ask for is a raise. You should ask for like profit share or a chunk of whatever revenue you're able to create or a different, like ask for a bonus program. Bosses love that. If somebody comes to me and says, hey, look, you know, I can get X amount of work done in X amount of time. And if I'm able to do that, would you be willing to give me a bonus? Hell yeah. They usually made yeah. my life easy because then I don't have to I don't have to make this voodoo bonus program that I hope is going to work for you because it's a generic program that works for everybody. Instead, you're telling me what motivates you. Fantastic. Go do yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100% agree with that. And that is the, what I would say, you know, comes easier uh, mentally for most of us. I'll tell you a situation I had that I, I didn't even realize was occurring, but there's a part of my business where we were outsourcing certain things and there was duplicate efforts being made. And somebody caught wind of this and said, you know, he basically just solved it, saved our company X amount of money and asked me if he could uh, take half of what we were paying out if he absorbed that. And I was like, I'm saving half, you're getting half, fine by me. If you can keep up and you can, you know, grow this way and it benefits everyone and it keeps things, you know, in-house, if you will. You know, so if there's a way for you to uh, save money for your company or your boss or whatever, um, there may be the opportunity, depending on the relationship, for you to say, hey, look, you know what, I'm saving you guys X amount of dollars a week, a month or whatever it is. And, you know, they probably would be willing to share in some on that. I don't know. But uh, as a business owner, I would be happy to share in some of that. And it showed me who they were too. And I, and then as different, you know, opportunities arise, management, different positions, it definitely opened the door where that guy's name was in the hat. You know who, times. you know, who's a great example of that is the kid sitting at the end of the table. It's uh, my assistant, Hans. Hans, who I told you guys, he doesn't have a microphone, so he's not going to hey, be able Hans, to really, over here. You can come over here. he's not going to be able to participate a ton, but he is obviously my right hand man. He is the one that's here making sure that we've got like drinks and making sure everything is working perfectly. The guy is very, very, the very like the hardest working kid I know, but he came to me um, a while back. He was in a position here where he was getting paid X amount. Um, that position then changed and he got a different set of roles and responsibilities. And I sent him an email or a message one day and I was like, man, I don't know, you know, if this new position that we're putting you in justifies the salary that I was paying you, we might have to knock your salary down and maybe figure out a different compensation plan. And he said, no, I am worth every penny of what my old salary was. And here's why, rather than saying, please keep it. I need it. You know, my wife depends on it, whatever. He sat there and explained to me and gave me a very like, well thought out response as to why I should pay him that money because otherwise I'm going to have to pay to somebody else that I didn't even really think about at the time and explained to me that he was worth it. And then also in that same message, he wrote back to me, told me of ways that he was going to provide even more value for me that I didn't even realize, but he knew me and my business so well that he was like, look, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna do that. And, and here's why it's worth it. And here's why you're going to even pay me more, uh, you know, bonuses and commissions in the future. And I ended up paying the kid way more than I ever thought I would. Is that right hands? Listen, I thought it was going to go two ways. Either one, I was going to get fired, <laughs> or two, it was going to work out in my favor. And it did. So <laughs> it was scary for sure. But yeah, it, it, it was, it was a out. bold move because his response was not like, uh, Mr. Sparks, could you please not change my salary? That was the first, that was the first like four, four emails <laughs> I had typed up. But then I went back with a bold strategy. All the drafts. Yeah. No, that, that, that really was like, you just went, got right to it and said, this is what I want. And here's why I feel like I'm worth it. And here's what I'm going to do to earn it. That is what you need to do, guys. Please do not just assume that you deserve a raise and then just kind of like wait for it to happen because it's never going to happen. I'm going to require everybody who ever works for me to listen to this podcast before they start. (laughs) Just so they have a great idea of what they can expect. I wish all of our hires, the new hires would listen to it as well because that's one thing that going back to Redbeard and the value that he creates here, I am not good at hiring people. I dare say I'm probably the worst at it. Is anybody worse than me? No, I don't think I've met anybody worse than you. I am really, people. really bad at hiring people just because the, the, the number of people that I hire versus the number of people that actually work out just does not work out. The numbers and would astound you. Dude, the numbers, and not only the numbers, but the strange situations that occur with the people that I hire. Where dude, it's like, I think we're at like a 50% rate of being sued by the people you hire. Yes. <laughs> the yes. worst part about the people you hire is you make Redbeard and myself fire them. 
Like you don't even fire them. You make us do that. This is true. Yeah, that's, that's all right. I, I look at it. It's very mafia. It is very it's mafia. like, hey, yep. make this guy disappear. I'm like, okay. That is it. what Redbeard does. He creates that value for me. However, I've gotten to the point in my life where I actually do enjoy having those conversations now more than yeah, I fire people. You've gotten better. I do. Yeah, I like telling people what's up. Go like, to hell. Yeah, like you didn't, you didn't earn this. You didn't earn that. And here's how it is. And I, I don't mind those conversations as much as I used to. To me, it used to be something that I just didn't have the time or energy for. And so I would have somebody else do it. But guys, I'm telling you right now, like if you are, in a, if you are, if you are somebody that might be on the other side of this conversation, meaning you're an employee who might not be going about asking for a raise the right way, or you're somebody who might not be creating enough value in your organization. I want you to really evaluate what you're doing for that company. Because if you assume that you're valuable, you're not valuable. But if you can prove why you're valuable and you can think about these different, like ABC, here's why I'm valuable to the well, company. You may even take a, a little conversation with your superiors to find out what they value. Right. You may be doing stuff that nobody cares about. Yeah. I mean, you may think it's in value, but you may just need to have a few simple conversations to, you know, how can I add value to the company? And, and you know, uh, owners, bosses, they really appreciate that, those type of conversations and the fact that you're asking how you can add value. Well, because the problem with asking for a raise is, I think you told me this or you taught me this, as soon as you get a raise – the only thing that happens is your standard of living all of a sudden just bumps up to the standard of your raise and you start spending however much money you're making. Yeah. You're, so you don't start making more money. If you're, let's say you're a salary of $3,000 per month and you get raised to $3,500 a month, nine out of 10 people don't take that extra $500 and go stuff it away. Oh no, it's called uh, Parkinson's law. Really? It's basically, yeah. It's a law. Um, uh, basically your expenses rise with your income. Um, as, as you get higher income, you don't get any happier necessarily. You don't like save any more money. You basically just find more things to spend it on. More money, more problems. Yeah, Jay-Z. I'm going to open up this podcast with yes, that song. Yes, you do. I actually, I love that song. You know what, though? You bring up something that goes back to the entitlement. I mean, I don't know how many people do exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's it's very common to the point where sometimes I've I've – Taking guys aside and said, "Hey, I know you, you know you're getting a big bonus or whatever. Do you want to invest it? Because I know where it's going. You know, yeah. what I mean, if it leaves this office or whatever, like, and I'll and I'll try and help them out, right? But uh, you know what else came to mind? You guys all know my little brother uh, and and Pete's that, meat. Yeah, Pete's hey. meat. We we ended up. Uh, he he wanted to come and work for us, and he's a hard worker, right? But we had him start off at picking up trash." He was picking up trash at all the houses and did this for a while until he was so miserable. Enough people were asking him, right? Like, what, you know, why are you so bummed out? What's going on? And it's like that Les Brown story where, you know, you walk along and there's a dog laying on a nail and, and the dog's moaning and groaning. He's like, why, why is the dog moaning and groaning? He's like, well, he's laying on a nail. Why doesn't he get up and move? Well, it doesn't hurt bad enough. It just hurts bad enough to moan and groan. So Pete finally got to this tipping point where he came to me and was like, hey, you know, I really would like to, you know, step up in the company and, and provide some value and different things. And I wasn't that easy on him. I made him earn it. He had to earn it. But I'll tell you, this is a cool story for me because he just mentioned a couple of days ago that um, he started selling homes for us in March uh, and he sold over uh, just under a hundred homes, actually about a hundred homes uh, by the end of the year. And so I was so proud of him because, you know, he just hit all these different, you know, uh, peaks as a uh, rookie agent. You know, he had all these successes but we didn't hand him necessarily uh, anything. He had the opportunity to succeed, and he did, and we helped provide that. But at the end of the day, 
he could still be hauling trash. If he didn't speak up, if he didn't want more, if he didn't want that drive, he'd still be hauling trash. And he tells everyone this story inside the company. Yep. Look, you can keep growing inside the business. I love that. And I, this conversation is really, really important because there's a lot of people listening who aren't the boss. They're the worker. And they need to figure out how to make an impact. So here's what we're... Just a yeah. side note. Do you guys have like an employee handbook? You guys, do you guys uh, rock technically, all that? Technically, we did develop one a couple of years ago, but it was like we had a company that just put it together. It was more or less what to is say the, we had one. What yeah. is the worst thing than a guy coming and asking for time off and then wanting more time off and then he has these surprises and he's leaving work all the time and all this stuff? Do you not start wondering that he's like looking for other jobs or like all these things? Like we could maybe do a, a list of like, don't do's or if you do them explain yourself because it gets you it gets your mind whirling like what the hell where is he going yeah you know what let's talk about that so all right guys so here's where we're at obviously we're having a conversation about um you know this podcast started talking about redbeard and his journey here in the company and what he's learned and where he came from but it's evolved into something that i think is very very important and really the main uh goal of this podcast now is going to be teaching those of you who are listening how to be a stellar employee. I'm talking like the best in your organization. And don't think of employee as a bad thing. Like you could be a supervisor, you could be a boss, but unless you are the actual bottom line owner of that company, this is for you. And even for the owners. Like, and you know, that's why I like this podcast because, you know, a lot of times I listen to other ones and it's just like, you should quit your job. Right. You need to, uh, you know, drop hundreds of thousands of dollars to start your thing. But I don't feel like that's reality Dude, for a lot of people. Nine Stop out of 10 people. Money. No, nine out of 10 people that would come to me and ask that question right now, I would say, stay put. Do not start your own thing. You're not the yeah. type of person that, you know, your personality does not add up to what it takes to run your own business. And that's not an insult. And there's a nice, no. there's a nice thing about going home at the end of the day and taking your boots off yep. and not having to worry oh, about a damn there's thing. There's some, yeah, big you know? perks to Guess, guess who doesn't get us. to do that? Entrepreneurs. Yeah. For a long, long time. I mean, now, if you're one of the few entrepreneurs that actually is successful and you build a big business that makes a lot of money, you're going to get to that point. And it's rewarding. But there are a lot of people who go out there and grind and grind and grind. Man, you would not believe the amount of emails and messages that I get on a daily basis from people saying, dude, I'm so close. I'm running my own whatever it is business. And I just keep grinding and I keep working and it's just not working this way. And I'm really hoping this takes off. What you know? advice can you give me? Dude, that is, it's a stressful life. Yeah. I remember Diesel Dave and I were driving home from um, an auction where we had bought a beat up piece of crap truck, I think in Kansas City, Missouri. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. We're driving home in this old ass service truck and man, I was pretty like burnt out at the time. This was maybe 2000, early 2012. Is that when we're caravanning? We had the bus? The no, semi- I think this is one where we were supposed to caravan, but you and I ended up, one of the trucks didn't run. So we ended up driving the same old service truck home. Is that the time we went to the amusement park? That was the time we went to the nice. amusement park. Um, so we're in the middle of Colorado and Diesel Dave and I went around trips. Like we don't, like we don't know. It's not like long, deep conversations. It's usually just like a game of whose song can beat pass, the next guy's pass song. The ox yeah, cord. pass the ox core. That's we, we, you know, we do a lot of that. But obviously, we've been, had, you know, had opportunities to chat and stuff too. And I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I was really, really burnt out on not making any money. So we had gotten to a point in the business where. We were working really hard, taking a lot of risk, buying these trucks and hoping that we could turn around and sell them. And man, just we had, this is right after we'd hired a couple of mechanics. And so I had payroll and all the stress. And I'm just like, dude, I don't, I don't like this. Like this sucks. This is not fun. This is stressful. I don't like having to figure out where 
to come up with payroll. I don't like having to figure out how I'm going to make rent. Dude, we were probably three or four months behind our rent at the time. And I was just, I was kind of venting and I was just like, dude, I think like if this doesn't, if this keeps going like this, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to hang it up. And this is Dave sitting next to me like, you're not hanging it up. <laughs> yeah, like this is we're keeping this off the hook. And he didn't honestly, that was kind of the the conversation. Like he didn't he wasn't sympathetic for me. He wasn't like, dude, you're right, man. Like this this is rough. He was just like Quit your wine. He heard me out it's and he didn't even really have to say much about it. I just remember him hearing me and and letting me vent a little bit and I obviously kind of came to, you know, came to my senses after that, but there was a time in what we do where I was just like, this isn't worth it. This is not fun. I, and I think anybody who, dude, Kenny, I know you've had that. You yeah. still have, we, we all still even yeah. have those conversations we did to this, this day. weekend. I think we I had, had that conversation talk. with you today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's, it, regardless of the amount of notice, money or success that you have, you're going to feel burnout. Yeah, it absolutely happens. And it used to happen like once a month. Then it starts to happen like once a quarter, once every six months. But do you ever notice it happens mostly on a Friday? Mondays are my day. Fridays are mine. You got a case of the Mondays? Dude, I, M- Mondays are the worst because Monday morning, everybody, that's the day that everybody needs to go out and get, get their stuff done. And so I'll wake up to like 15 calls from like, this is back like earlier days of the business. It doesn't right. happen as much anymore because I've established like a don't t- talk and, to me on and Monday. You take rule. off Mondays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. So here's where I'm going with this story is it's not, I, I, you know, you hear this all the time. It is not all sunshine and rainbows owning your own business. In mm-hmm. fact, more often than not, it's way more stressful and way less enjoyable than you ever expected it to be. So if you do determine or you're, you know, you're convinced that you have to like have your own business, just be ready for that because it is not what it looks like in the movies. It is very what's stressful. What's the worst thing that about, I mean, what's the worst thing about owning a business for you guys? For me, it's when I do a job for somebody and then it takes them three months to pay me. Because when you're an employee, you get a check every two weeks, every week, whatever it is. But sometimes in business, like when I do business, I can put in work and I could be there to do an event and I won't see a check for three months. I feel like those of us who own other businesses over here, we might all be on the same page. So I want to all say it at the same time and see if we're thinking the exact same thing. Ready for this? Three. Oh my gosh. Two, one. Employees. And unknown. <laughs> no, nope, not on the same page. <laughs> well, no, I didn't even know. I didn't even have you, one. You just rambled. I just rambled. You went bar, 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 bar. Taking a business from small to medium and so on, there's very little advice out there. You have to cling to others who have done it. And so the advice I'm always seeking when I'm at burnout, which by the way, that should be a tip we should have on here. Don't let yourself get your battery drained because it's always that's on Go Friday. Listen, that's right now. some of my checklist things here, that I was going to talk sorry, about. Sorry, Josh. Well, here, no, here, that's right. It's good. When you give your checklist, I'm going to tell you what to go listen to to help avoid burnout. It's a very, I've talked about it in other podcasts. I'm going to continue to yeah. preach it because it's very important. Um, but to me, obviously, to answer your question, it's um, employees. And it's not that I don't like the people. It's I hate training somebody, getting them to a point where I rely on them and then having them either let me down or go away or get headhunted or poached by somebody else and go to a different organization. Or maybe they're an employee who's not going anywhere, but they're going to be stuck with you forever. And they're just a troublemaker. Just somebody who's constantly like, I swear as a boss, the minute you put out a fire, like a big burning, nasty fire with an employee, literally I give it a couple minutes and another one starts, right? Like it's never, fire works. It's, it's never ending. <laughs> it really is. 100% that way. It's never ending. So that as a boss and an owner of a business is something that's very, very frustrating. Now, employees are also the most rewarding part of my business, but 
it's 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 a very bittersweet relationship. It's, it's easier to handle when your battery's charged, though. Right. You yeah. know, come Fridays, my battery's down. I would. There is a whole lot of things I may decide to do on a Friday that on Monday I will say, "What was I thinking?" Right. So here, here's we're going to get back on track with the podcast and the purpose of it. And really, guys, it's targeted towards employees, people who work in an organization. All right. And what we just covered was something that's basically. You know, there, there's almost to the point where the entrepreneurship is so cool these days that you feel guilty if you don't go start your own yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you're shamed. What, what I want to what I want to like just stomp out right now is you do not have to start your own business to be a business minded individual. Like, don't don't think that unless you have your own small business that you're not making it because you can run your own little mini business inside of somebody else's organization, and if you're making them money, you're going to make a ton of money. Right? Like, yeah. that is very important to understand and realize. And if you are the type of person that's maybe a little too adverse to risk and you don't, you know, you can't go start your own business, find somebody else that runs a business that you want to be a part of. Go figure out a way to make them money. Well, somebody once told me uh, if you really want to be wealthy and make a lot of money, figure out how to make the people around you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If you can figure out how to make your boss's money, your friend's money, the money's just going to come. You don't even have to you just get that out of your head of trying to make money for yourself. Just make it for other people. And Alignment of interest. And it'll just happen. Like money will just come. So let's get to the checklist item or, you know, the checklist portion of this podcast where we're going to give uh, basically all you listeners things that you can do today to become better in your organization. And I keep saying the word employee and I feel bad every time I say it, but I shouldn't because it's not, it's not a condescending and it's not a bad thing. It's not being, a negative title. Being an employee of an organization can be one of the most rewarding, satisfying, fulfilling things that you could possibly do in your whole life. And it's not a bad thing. All right. Please do not feel like you have to own your own business to listen to this podcast or to be cool or to be, you know, have success. Because I know a lot of realtors that work for brokerages that make a ton of money. And it's like they're running their own little business within a business, but they don't have all the overhead and the risk of running a brokerage, right? Like that's a good example of it. Redbeard, what would you tell these people? Because you, I mean, you're the guy that has to deal with a lot of this, these fires that I'm talking about here in our organization. If you were, if you were to gather them all together right now and give them some advice, what would that be? Number one piece of advice I would say is your attitude. Um, I tell my employees all the time, like I would rather have uh, somebody who is contributing positively to the to the atmosphere and the culture of the business. But maybe they don't know as much or maybe they don't have the expertise, but, you know, that can be taught. Or I'd rather have that person rather than somebody who is an expert and just a cancer. I will cut that cancer out in a second. Yeah, trust me. If you're a cancer, your boss or the owner of your business is actively trying to find a way to get rid of you. Just know that. And if you may not understand that you're a cancer. And you may think you're untouchable because yeah. of your expertise, and I promise you – they're not highly valued if, if your attitude is... We're all replaceable. I've gotten rid of people that was really painful to get rid of, but it felt even better to get rid of them because they were causing more harm than they were good. Yeah, and they were valuable as far as like their skill sets. Absolutely. But that's replaceable. An attitude is really hard to cultivate. And if you can bring that to the table and you're always smiling and you're building people up and you're just contributing positive energy, that's going to take you places. Good. I actually had a friend, a good friend of mine who was telling me he got a... Uh, job recently and he was only there for two weeks and the the supervisor came up to him and was like man you're always smiling do you want to be a manager (laughs) he's like I've never managed before he's like oh it doesn't matter you have a good attitude that's awesome and just instantly hired him as a manager so now he's trying to figure out how to be a manager but smile will take you places and your attitude and just being kind 
and just figuring out ways to build up your teammates. But if you're just a cancer and moping around and uh, just thinking about yourself, like that's just no good. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that. So if you have a good attitude and you feel like you're really trying your hardest in your organization and it's still not working, here comes the leap of faith that you have to take. Go somewhere else. Go find somewhere that's going to appreciate you because do not be afraid of the unknown because the unknown, that's the most exciting part of life. Life is lived outside of your comfort zone. 100%. And Kenny's always told me, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. So really, if you're an organization where you know, I hate to give this advice because I hate to see people leave our organization, but you know, if somebody's valuable here, we make it known to them and we keep them around. All right. But if you are working somewhere and they're not really appreciating you and you feel like you are giving a hundred percent and maybe somebody's verified to you that you're giving it a hundred percent, don't be afraid to leave, go shop around, find a better fit for you. Right. So that's yeah. going to be, that's, we're starting the checklist right now. Number one attitude, right? Yep. So number two, don't be afraid to leave. Don't be afraid to shop around. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? Um, let's see. Um, I mean, that's, that's a big one. Um, oh, wait. Seems like there's some obvious ones. Then number three is don't ask for a raise. Yeah, don't ask for a raise. Yeah, find a way to add value no matter what. Don't ask for a raise, but here's the important thing. Don't ask for a raise. Ask for more responsibility or ask for... Here's, here's how I'm going to phrase it. Ask for opportunities to make the company more money. And yes. in turn, you will make more money. Okay, so exactly. that, that's going to be what we're going to call checklist item number three. Um, anything else, Kenny? You've got a significant amount of employees. Uh, alignment of interest to me, I keep going back to that. Anytime someone comes to me with an idea of how they could make the company more money, I'm, I'm usually going to roll that out. Um, so, you know, they're coming in and saying, Hey, this is what I think would help. And I'm going to support that. You're, you're, you're going to find a way to whether, you know what, if you're selling doilies online and you can find a way to sell them for less, right. Align your interests, you know, save your customer money, find a way to get it to them faster, whatever it is, align your interest to what is best for the consumer, your company, your employer, whoever it is. I like that because what he's not saying is, is find out what's best for you because the first step in making money in a, you know, a company is finding out how to make it better for the company. Because then, you know, if you have a good boss and somebody who's willing to take care of you and want to keep you around, they're going to find a way to just instantly make it worth your time for doing that. So don't try to find a way to make it just better for you. Find a way to make the organization better. And, you know, if you're playing on a, I really shouldn't be making any sports references because this is good. I, I, I'm going to, you're an expert in the area today for sure. Butcher this. I am not a sports guy, but I mean, if you're on a basketball team, right? Like how many guys are, how many guys are on basketball team? Five. Yeah. Yeah, You got it. So you're on a court, you're playing ball with these guys, right? You're holding the bat. You're holding the bat and you're, you're you're, you're dribbling it down the court. (laughs) No, I mean, think about it though. Like if you're on a team, you have to figure out a way to make that whole team work together because if it's you and you're playing another team against five guys that work really well together you're going to get stomped every single time it's just not going to work we use this analogy all the time if you're a shooter we're going to find a way for you to shoot if you're a rebounder you better be the best rebounder whatever it is if you're supposed to be a passer be the best passer find a way to make your team better i like that anything else on the list we've got what was yours alignment trusts yeah either with your consumer your employer, 
Whatever. I want to hear from Dave Kiley who the favorite people he works with and why. Who do you work with? Well, I'm going to get it started again. I feel like he's probably everybody's favorite to work with. I'm actually going to ask both of you. Exactly. Um, if you have anything, you like, you know, the, the kids work for you or whatever. Um, all right. So um, I do have a question for Diesel Dave. Um, Shoot. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. I am very ready. You don't necessarily handle the management side of the business here. Uh, I'd say there's some things that I manage. Yes, I manage to come to work every day. And I <laughs> you don't handle to... human resources on a hiring, firing, giving raises level, right? Uh, no, I try not to fire anyone. And but here's the I unique... leave the hiring up to other people. Here's the unique thing about Dave, though. Before or after these people's terrifying meeting with you, Redbeard, they are talking to Dave. Oh, it's a, it's a definite good cup, bad cup yeah, situation. It is, but, but basically, Dave is just kind of, I mean, I've seen him on, on airplanes where a 50-year-old lady who just got divorced that he just barely met three minutes ago is already crying on his shoulder telling, her all, telling him all about her divorce. And, you know, I'm a natural-born listener. I mean, that's why you confided in me on right? that road trip yep. to vent to me. People need to vent. People need to get stuff off their chest. Which I got to tell you is one of the most frustrating parts of our relationship because anytime. I want to just be pissed at somebody who I feel has done the company wrong or a bad employee or whatever it is. I go to you and you are not having any of that because you also see the other side of the story. Yep. Well, it goes back to number one on Redbeard's checklist. Negative energy, negative attitude is going to produce negative results. You need people to be positive. You need to give a good attitude so that their attitude gets better so that the whole team dribbles the bat down the court the way they need to. <laughs> yes. Do they dribble with the bat? They dribble with the bat. On the ball. And they yeah. sink a home run. How many run. balls are there? Sink home runs in 18 holes. What does the yeah. goalie do? <laughs> no, but the attitude is the most important thing, and I find if people have someone to talk to, they can get the negative energy off their chest. You can help put a smile back on their face, which means they're going to go back to work and make you twice as much money. Very true. Guys, You got to. I hope you really listen to that last part because Diesel Dave has a very, very, very valuable insight on – the other side of the story. Redbeard and I are guys that are like, what are the facts, right? Yeah. Do you make money for the organization? Yes or no. Did you cause problems? Did you steal? Did you like, yes or no? Okay, you're gone. You're not working here. Or yes, you get a raise or whatever it is. Whereas Diesel Dave, you have the opportunity to see, you know, people's situations and what they're going through. So I want you guys to realize that there's probably a Diesel Dave in your life, somebody who may see things a little bit differently there's no than other you do. Diesel Dave, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's somebody. There's somebody with his somebody else wearing shorts. Skill skill negative set. ten degree. Yeah, weather. usually the homeless guy at fourth and fourth. Go down and find yourself a homeless guy to listen to, uh, because really, find somebody who can maybe try to give you. You know, everybody always calls it the devil's advocate, and I hate devil's advocates because I just want to like tell my side of the story and just have that be the you know gospel. But a devil's advocate is somebody who can actually kind of like remove themselves from the situation. Maybe they're not emotionally invested, and they can tell you how it really looks or how it really is. And it's just kind of an unbiased opinion. So find somebody like that, maybe a coworker, uh, somebody who has no interest in whether you move up or down or make more money, or maybe it's a friend or a family member, but go to somebody. Usually the homeless are very unbiased. That I feel like <laughs> homeless, like unless, unless you give them some fair change, yeah. then they're going to tell you whatever yeah, you want to hear. that's true. So you got to be maybe careful not. with that. Yeah, be careful. But that's actually, we joke about that, but honestly, strangers can be some of like the most powerful people you talk to. Like some oh, of yeah. the most powerful, this is why I think 
middle-aged women always wind up crying on Dave's shoulder on airplanes because he's a stranger and a totally unbiased opinion. He's just going to listen. And if he has, you know, he's maybe not just going to sit there and like start dishing out advice, but if they ask him a question, he's going to give them an honest answer. So find somebody who's going to give you those honest answers. And this applies to anybody who feels like maybe you're in a bad situation or you aren't sure if you're justified in thinking the way you're thinking or feeling the way you're feeling, this is really good, guys. This is really good. And this has got to be a checklist item. This is number five. And this is going to be what's topping the list here is get a second opinion on your situation. Yeah, sometimes a trusted third party, a trusted third party is, is the way to go. Yes. Um, hundred percent. And not, not like your best girlfriend that just tells you like, exactly. Oh Yeah. You're so brave. Don't go to your, <laughs> don't go to your, just your, your close support group. Yeah. Because they're going to tell you whatever you're you just going to validate whatever exactly. you want to hear. Yeah, get an unbiased opinion. From but somebody. a real friend is going to tell you the truth of it too. It's true. They'll do both. But a, a real friend and a friend, a real friend, yeah. depending on the relationship and the dynamics of it is going to try to find a way to maybe sugarcoat it. And, and, and an enemy, enemy friend. Some of the most frustrating yet rewarding conversations I've had have been with people that don't tell me what I want to hear, but instead they tell me what I need to hear. And that's the difference. What? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I feel like we've had a lot of those conversations. We've had a lot of those. You're the king of not telling me what I want to hear, but instead yeah. you just tell me what's like how you really see it, which is yeah. why you're still here and you're still my partner. Yeah. And it's it's the reason why we didn't end up in a lawsuit suing each other. Yeah. It's because you like it's uncomfortable and I don't love it, but ultimately it's necessary. Like you gotta have somebody who puts you in your place. Dude, there was uh, I was going through some quotes today preparing for this, and I think it was can't remember who it was um, to give credit to the quote, uh, but they said something to the effect of, I wrote it down in my notes, but um, your level of success is usually determined by the uh, amount of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. Yeah, I could see that. I think it was Tim Ferriss or something maybe, but... Oh, that's Diesel it was, Dave? It was Diesel Dave. That's me. It was yep. Diesel Dave. Can you repeat it, Diesel Dave? Yeah, the amount of success you have is based on the amount of awkward or uncomfortable conversations you have with people. Good. Well, awkward and uncomfortable is totally different. It almost felt like you said that before. Well, I like awkward conversations. <laughs> you have awkward conversations that don't bring you any level of success. That's not how the quote goes. Dude, okay. <laughs> this, this is awesome. I love this because sitting around the table, we have all types. Obviously, all of us have you know built and, and grown our own business on our own right, but We've also all been employees. I've got hands here at the end of the table who technically is an employee. I don't view him as an employee. He's got like the keys to the kingdom. Like literally the guy, when we go on road trips or like a, a you know, a big trip with the company, he's the one that's like chauffeuring my family around. And like, I've given him more responsibility than I even give myself sometimes. So just because you work for somebody doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It could be a very good thing. Marcus, do you have anything else you want to add to this list? Yeah, I would just say that as an employee, you should be always, always be willing to learn. You know, when you step into a position or if you accept a position, be in a position where you're willing to learn. How about this? Let's change that to anxious to learn. Anxious to learn. Exactly. Because I have guys that will work for me. I have had some that will work for me for three years and they know the same thing. The, uh, the after that three years that they did the day they started. And then I have other guys who started and knew nothing and now can basically run a, a full-on production or show while I'm not there. So they're like mini DJs under master DJ. Not a DJ. Okay. Here's, here's one example. In fact, Joey's is the one who helps me edit this podcast. He knows a lot more in a lot of circumstances than I do. But when he started, we used to do full band productions. We had no idea how to mix a show. 
And uh, so we would have to outsource the mixing. And I said, Joey, if you want to make more money, learn how to mix a band. And uh, last year we did a festival and he was the main audio engineer for like 17 bands on one stage and we didn't have to outsource anything. Obviously the company made more money and now I pay him more money. And that was all because he was willing to learn and go outside of his comfort zone and to add more value to the company. So my, my thing would be in any position you're at, be willing to learn and do more than you know. Be excited to do that. Like be anxious to learn, learn, learn. One of my favorite things about my assistant hands is, is he constantly sends me texts that are like totally unsolicited out of the blue. Like, bro, this is going to be the biggest, best year ever. We're going to make so much money and I'm going to do this. And I'm so excited for this just out of the blue because he's anxious and he's excited and he wants more responsibility. Hans is the same guy that comes to me and says, what more can I do? How can I make this company more money? Because he knows that in doing that, he's going to make me more money. Well, vision board right there on his phone. Working on his vision board. The guy's like, right there on his phone. So moral of the podcast would well, be like Hans. Yeah. Be, Hans. Be, be like Hans. But, um, I know sometimes you may, when you're starting out and you're a beginner, you're scared to ask questions because you may, you know, may feel stupid. But there's a saying, you know, if you, uh, he, the guy who asks a dumb question feels stupid for a minute, the guy who doesn't is stupid forever. That's true. That's very true. That's a good point. All right, guys. We've obviously covered a number of different. Can go pee real quick? Yeah, go pee. Do it. In fact, I'll probably just wrap Perfect. it up right now. Yeah, um, thank you. Well, I'll wait for you. So oh, we just took a quick uh, potty break. Potty break here, and uh, we started talking about business models. And Diesel Dave <laughs> just came up with the most <laughs> genius business model. He says, genius. "Here's what you should do if you sell shoes: just sell one, and then they have to buy the other." <laughs> To buy one, get one free. No, it's a no, buy no, one, no. have to buy the other <laughs> yeah, one. Buy one, just have to need buy the other, the other one. one. Yeah. That you is actually, that's called job security. Yeah, it's called like yeah. ransom. So that's how just like that's hold the other the box shoe of for shoes. Ransom. It's really just that's a the box kind of, of shit shoe. that Dave developed to earn equity in this company. Like, it's the like hook. groundbreaking uh, ideas. They got one shoe, they want the other. Guys, here's where we're at. This podcast started with the intention was to introduce the world to Mr. Redbeard because the guy is really fascinating. And I don't just say that in like a funny joking way. He really is very fascinating. So the podcast obviously evolved into something where we're trying to help people become better workers and employees in certain organizations and even run your own little business within a business that may not be yours. It's totally doable. It's totally possible. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap this podcast and then we're going to roll right into another one with Redbeard talking about some of the other stuff that he came to talk about because he came prepared. Believe it or not, this man made notes. He uh, wrote down some stuff that he wants to share with you guys. Uh, I feel like he's probably going to be not just a one or two time guest. He'll probably be, you know, a regular contributor to what we're doing here because he does have some very valuable insight. And at this rate, this table is going to have about 90 people. We're going to need some more microphones. We are definitely going to need some more microphones because currently Kenny and Diesel Dave are sharing a microphone. Uh, Hans does not have a microphone. Uh, Redbeard has a mic. I mean, there's three more seats and there's, yeah, we got room on this table. But We're committed to sharing. Look, the purpose of this is for everybody from all different walks of life to get around. And Marcus has said multiple times off air, like, dude, this is the beauty of this because this is just for the regular guy. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times you'll hear podcasts and audiobooks, and it's like, if you don't have your own business, you're failing. That's not true, right? No, not at all. Like it is perfectly okay to kick ass in somebody else's business. Well, in fact, we wouldn't be able to have a business if we didn't have people kicking ass in our business. Exactly. It's true. 
It's very true. So be somebody who kicks ass at whatever you do. And if it, if it means you're going to work for somebody, go do it. I'm going to recap the checklist real quick, guys, because this is a very, 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 very good one. And starting the new year, it's a new opportunity for you guys to go out and make more money than you've ever made before. Number one, check your attitude. Figure out what your attitude is, especially in the workplace. If you're walking around and you are you know, the best way to, to view this is if you're talking about people more than you're talking about things and ideas, you're probably doing something wrong. Don't talk about people. Talk about ideas. Talk about like things that you can grow with and things that you can actually like, you know, become better at. And that's going to help you have a better attitude in the organization and your bosses and superiors and the owners of the businesses are going to catch that right away. They're going to see it and they're going to want to find ways to help you move up in the organization because you're building it and making it better. Number two, if you are an organization and you've got your you know, ducks in a row and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you got a good positive attitude and you're just not excelling or you're not growing, leave. Take that leap of faith and go somewhere else. And I hate to say that because I hate to see people leave our organization, but we try to make sure people don't leave because we try to make them feel yeah, appreciated. But if that's happening, don't be afraid. Like you obviously, you know what you're worth. You know what you're capable of. Go find something that's going to value you and give you, you know, help you get to that level of what you think you're worth. Okay. So that's number two. Number three, do not go in and ask for a raise. If you feel like you're worth more money, go find a way to talk to your boss or the owner of the company and explain to them how you would like to add more value to the company. Ask them for more responsibilities, ask them for ways that you can help the business grow. And in turn, it's naturally going to turn into a raise for you. Now, if that boss then exploits you and gives you more you know, responsibilities without any sort of raise, you're in the wrong organization. Go so back you can do to number of, two. You can do one, well, you can do one of two things. You can then ask for your raise or two, because maybe they don't see it. Maybe they're making an honest mistake and they don't see the value you're creating. But if they do, like Marcus said, go back to number two and leave. Go somewhere else. Try again. Number four, Kenny said this, and it's align your interests. And this is a very... This is a little bit more of a hard one to understand, but basically what it means is if you are a worker in an organization, find a way to align your interest with your boss's interest. Find a way to align your interest with the overall goal and the mission of the company. Meaning if all you want to do is make money, you're not necessarily focusing on what the company needs to do. You need to figure out how to make the company money because if you then do that, it's going to align with your interest of wanting to make more money yourself. All right. If you're a boss, you're an owner of a business, find a way to align your interest with your customer's interest. This is one thing that I'd like to brag right now. We've done really, really well. Every single one of our customers, we know exactly what they want and we give it to them. And what's that? Free stuff. We give them opportunities with every single purchase to win a truck or win prizes. Hell, every couple of weeks, we throw cash in random orders and we ship it out to people. We have aligned our interests as a company, which is we want to make more money and have more prosperity with our customers, which is they want to have more money, more prosperity and have cool stuff. And we've lined it up perfectly. And guess what? It's turned into the stellar business model where we make a ton of money and our customers are really happy. Number five, Marcus capped it off with something very important, and that is be anxious and willing to learn. Redbeard said something very, very interesting, which is basically there's no such thing as a dumb question. If you ask a dumb question, you may feel dumb for a minute, but the guy who never asked the dumb question stays dumb forever. Yeah. That's huge. Like that is so simple. So guys, please do these things. Like everybody's getting back to work, you know, mid this week. It's a weird time between Christmas and New Year. Every day, it feels like 10 Sundays in a row, but now we're back at it. And especially rolling into this next week, it's a fresh, clean slate. Go find ways to start talking to your boss or the owner of the business that you work for and just 
be the guy that they go to to solve problems. Be the guy that basically is just two steps ahead of the curve and already working on solutions and ways to make more, the company more money before you even have to be asked to. Because guess what? You're smart enough to know what the company needs. Well, a lot of times, uh, employees, they're on the ground level. They know the problems before it even reaches the top. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say right before you said that, if we could have one more checklist, it would be seek out solutions, right? There's problems everywhere. That's kind of the added value thing. Yeah. Right? The attitude and, yeah. I like the way you capped that off. That was was perfect. All right, guys. So those are your checklist items. Please, 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 please do them because I promise you, as you do these things, you're just going to feel better. You're going to have more success. You're going to have more prosperity and people are going to want to be around you. Like you're just ultimately going to, do better and excel. So that is it for this week's podcast. Man, this took a turn like it always does every week, but it is so valuable, so important. Do this right away and stay tuned because the next podcast we got coming up is chock full of more valuable information and even more importantly, checklist items that you can start doing today to live better. 